Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and community safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Welcome back, everyone, to the Creator Spotlight. I'm still Jeremy Lambert. That's still Steven Jensen. And below us is a face, a name, a person you've seen on this channel plenty of times he's been in the chat he hacks the in the weed stream every single week you know him from matt men on wrestling observer it's andrew zarian zarian how you doing pal dude i'm in my my 1996 x-pac best right now i was saying you got the guns me and jensen are we're, we're yeah. very covered up here it's cold in ohio I, I assume it's cold in new york but it doesn't matter zarian's still still out there with the, I... the uh cut off uh tank there well, I was Mario. Uh, we went out trick-or-treating. This is taking place on Halloween, right? So we went trick-or-treating. I took the kids. My wife was Luigi. And I had this underneath, so I just took the shirt off. And I was like, I kind of, you know, I'm digging this. I'm digging the one overall. Very retro. Very 90s, what, what we grew up with. But, guys, I'm thrilled to be here. It I know you appreciate it. It only took a month to, to, to get this <laughs> really settled down. Well, you know, there, there was there was uh there was that, that Tuesday show that kind of ruined the first yeah. one and then every and then my whole life went into shambles after that. So I couldn't <laughs> commit. But here we are. There was that, and then you pop up on In the Weeds, and Jens is like, sorry, guys, I had Zarian on In the Weeds to do an interview <laughs> with him. I'm like, Zarian just shows up on, on our show every single week. It's not an official interview with him. We don't have him on to talk about anything. He hacks the stream. He's got his own segment. I got my own segment show. now. Yeah, I got my own segment. I get in there. You know, I, I always did because I, I love I love Joel, okay? I absolutely love him. He's such a sweet the boy. Uh, really good one. No, I'm, the, I'm the one. I know. I know. <laughs> And then now, like I, I, I don't go, I don't come out, come on for him anymore. I come on for you, and I think the same thing's oh. going to happen with Jensen. I'm just going to show up for him. I'm not even going to show up for you anymore. That's fair. That's, That's probably fair. exactly what's going to happen. Andrew, <laughs> actually, that, that that tends to happen quite a bit with these interviews. So, um, now I'm just playing. But we appreciate having you on. Like it, it, it has been like a month in the making. So, and it's, we always appreciate seeing you in the chat too. Like whenever you're in there, like talking during our live show, that you know. People, people are watching this, you know, we are recording, we pre-record these interviews, obviously, but we have the live, you know, hour and a half beforehand. So you may even see Andrew in here before this interview, potentially, if he is in the live chat. So uh, a regular uh, kind of part of our community here on the spotlight, which we really, really appreciate, man. So it's great to have you as a guest. So we, we wanted you on here for a while anyways, but then once we realized you were actually watching the show too, it was like, got to get you on, dude. Yeah, dude. I, listen, I, I when I started off doing this, right, the podcasting thing, I was really big into the community aspect. And you guys have such a huge community at Fightful. I mean, really, it's the best that I've seen, really, with the engagement and how everybody's kind of intertwined and everybody works together. And, you know, I'm part of a smaller operation. Mattman is just my team. And an Observer is a very, is a very different uh, 
type of demo, I would say. Not that it's bad. It's just a very different demo. So I love going into the Fightful chat and seeing everybody. You know, Kate's in there. You're in there. Everybody everybody kind of supports everybody, which which I absolutely love. And, you know, I jump in and I kind of participate in the fun, too. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, I, I wanted to kind of start off there, you know, because obviously I know you you does stuff within the weeds. You're on there all the time and, you know, talking about other stuff. But we want to talk about you today here on the in the interview. And Matman, like, how did that all get started? Like, how did it become what kind of what it became? Because I actually I, I I was in like y'all's like Facebook groups and stuff, like, you know, checking the show out like years back. And then it's kind of cool how like, you know, to see all the success the show's had, you know, in, in all the years since then and you know where you're at now and everything. So how did that all get started and kind of when you linked up with like um, you know, uh, you know, figure four wrestling and all that stuff? Yeah, I, I never uh, planned on having this bizarre wrestling career. Uh, you know, it's something I've, I've always loved since I was a kid. And my, my thing was, my background was in IT and technology. So when I started, I got laid off when the recession happened in 08. And I, I was doing IT work. And I had, I had sold my business. I, I, I was a serial business opener. And I had sold all my businesses. And I took, uh, I took the money. I put it aside. And I was working for a Japanese staple company as their IT guy. Okay. It's a very big company. Uh, and I, you know, I got laid off. It was a great gig. I got laid off and I'm thinking, I'm like, I got a couple bucks in the bank. What do I really want to do? And my buddy was a stand-up comic. Uh, his name is Kunal Aurora people, you know, he has a very successful podcast and he was like, Hey, why don't we do a podcast together? And we called the guys from Queens and it was just, you know, two, you know, jerks from the neighborhood just talking about whatever you know and that kind of spun into something uh there was a unique opportunity for me to stream live on stickham uh which was my first you know i was making <laughs> I money on that site wow yeah, yeah. I, that's how i started and there was um there was a show that was a technology-based show that was leaving stickham and they needed to replace it so they asked me if i would do and they gave me front page features and everything and they were like, hey, can you do more shows? Because nobody was doing a radio level. You know, we were doing high def years ago. And I found that that was my niche, where if I make everything look good, it'll mask the fact that I'm terrible at what I was doing at that point. You know, just people tolerate looking at you a little bit more if, if it looks better. So we started doing that and we added like 15 shows. And then we would add more shows, remove more shows and see what, what would uh, happen. And when I... When I was talking to Rich, Rich wanted to do a comic book show for us, my co-host on Mat Men. And every time we would do the comic show, I wasn't hosting. It was him and his buddy. And I was just producing. We would just talk about wrestling for like 30 minutes before the show started. This is back in 2011. And like late 2011, we're like, hey, why don't we start a show? Why don't we talk about wrestling? And we started doing the wrestling show like January 2012, November 2011, something like that. And it was just to just talk wrestling. It was no like scoops or anything. We would watch the show and then talk about the show. And sometimes we would have a segment where we talked about like old stuff that we like. I don't know how or when it happened. I think around like 2016, it kind of, the wheels started going a little bit and you know, the rest was just growth from there. That, that's awesome. So you, I mean, obviously you were a massive wrestling fan and to just like be striking up these, conversations with other people about wrestling to even like i love meeting other wrestling fans like for that reason especially because you're like it's like unlocking like a like a code or something you're like oh okay i can i can immediately relate to this person i have something in common and we can talk quiet and then you start realizing like 
Sometimes yeah. you, you come across someone and you're like, oh wow, they're like really into it. Also, they're talking about like this or that. Like they, they're they're like a real hardcore fan. How 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 long had you watched wrestling? Like to even even up to that point, and then like how cool was it for you to find someone else who like you could do this with? Um, I probably uh, I mean, as my father was a big fan, my grandfather was a fan. My grandfather was a pro bodybuilder, and he would you know he. He would come to the States. He worked for the Kennedy administration. So we come to the States and he would go to like, you know, whatever was in Manhattan, a big gym. And he ran into Bruno when he became friendly with Bruno. Wow. And that was like the thing for my dad. Cause my dad idolized Bruno and, and, you know, superstar Billy Graham. And, you know, that was the era that he, he watched wrestling. So my father embedded the wrestling to me. My grandfather embedded the fact that I'm into body guys, <laughs> you know, like my yeah. grandfather was a bodybuilder. My dad was a bodybuilder. So it was kind of like in me a little bit, uh, but it was my childhood. You know, uh, I would say, and I, Rich always laughs about this. I was at the garden SummerSlam 91, that Bret Hart match. I became a huge Bret Hart fan when him and perfect had that unbelievable SummerSlam match. That was really the thing that like got me obsessed with wrestling. I mean, I liked Hogan. I liked warrior, but it was probably SummerSlam 91 that, just changed the whole trajectory of wrestling for me. I was going to ask favorite wrestlers growing up. Uh, I, I was hoping you were going to go somebody, you know, Hogan, Lex Luger, the body guys, but Bret body Hart, guy. not a body no, guy. I, I got, you know, it's funny. My wife, my wife, sometimes like she'll, will take a little edible and like <laughs> she'll, her like spidey senses go off and she wants to know more about wrestling. She's like, who was your favorite when you were like a kid? I was like, you know, obviously Hogan and warrior, like the big guys, you know, but like, to me it was always Bret, like, 93 on it was like Bret Hart's the greatest wrestler ever um and I think that's kind of why I like the style that I like but it was you know it was the it was the 80s and 90s like you, you everything was big and bad and everybody was jacked up cartoons were jacked up it was you know USA USA and you kind of <laughs> fall into that and you you know sometimes people lose it and and then the attitude ever happened and it you know once again it perked up everybody and everybody got back into it I do. Do I even need to ask uh, the Brett Sean question? Because did you even Brett like Sean? I he, yes, uh, I liked Sean. I didn't like Sean in the Rockers. I was a Marty Jannetty fan. I picked the wrong horse in that race. <laughs> I think Sean, as I always do, as I Sean talk about that. I think Sean Rossap was a Jannetty guy. Yeah, he was like, a, like a proud Jannetty guy. <laughs> I I I was a huge Jannetty guy. Uh, and then when Sean turned on him. I kind of like liked that Sean was a bad guy. Like he was a jerk and I liked it. But there's a great story. I was watching. Uh, I, I talk about this all the time. I was watching Superstars and Shawn Michaels comes out and he's wearing the, you know, the glasses and everything. And my mom went and got those glasses. I kept asking her to buy those glasses. So she went and bought me John Lennon glasses. That's what she called it from Macy's. And she's having her friends over for like coffee on a Saturday morning. And I'm, I'm dancing on the couch and I'm screaming, I'm a sexy boy over and over again. She was very concerned with my behavior. I'm going to tell you. So I was a Sean guy too, but really was Brett for like the longest. How did uh, Matt men kind of get linked up with the, the observer stuff then? Uh, Brian and I got really friendly, like nothing with wrestling. All we would talk about was radio equipment. Because I had, I started a company called the International Association of Internet Broadcasters a little too early in the podcasting game. Uh, it just, I didn't, it wasn't, it wasn't refined to the point that we are now. So like I said, I think I started talking to Brian like 2011 
uh, about microphones and technology, and I interviewed him. I had a spotlight. It was called the IIB Spotlight. Funny we're doing this now, right? Um, and we were just talking about just radio and how he got his, him started in, in broadcasting. Uh, and I was a huge IATA fan. I would listen to The Observer 99, 2000, 2001 on IATA, probably 2000, 2001 on IATA. And he was shocked that I knew what it was. And I used to record him on cassette. And we just like connected on that. And I don't know how it happened. Um, he had me on one time and uh, there was another network that was trying to get me to bring Matt Men over. So I just reached out to Brian. I'm like, hey, these guys are trying to get me to go over there, but I'd love to do it with you. And he's like, 100%, when do you want to start? And that was it. And then we did Matt Men for like a week. And he's like, hey, you want to do Sundays on The Observer? I'm like, hell yeah. You know, it's something I listened to when I was 16 years old. And, and now I'm hosting it on Sundays, which is, it tickles me. You know, it really, I'm very appreciative of this whole thing with wrestling. You know, I, I always wanted to do technology. That was my thing. My tech podcast was very successful. Uh, probably more than anything I did in wrestling at the time, but I, you know, it wasn't something I was as passionate about and doing, you know, getting into wrestling and doing this has become just a bizarre aspect of my, of my bizarre life. Really? I find it very funny that you and Brian first started talking about like radio equipment and stuff because for I've been listening to kind of like the, the figure four dailies and, and that stuff for a very long time. And like, Brian is always very, I don't want to use the term anal, but oh no, kind of he like, is. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> you could say yeah, yeah. it. Like, yeah, yeah. He's a psychopath he, with with audio. So so am yes, I. He, yeah. He talks about it all the time. And I'm, you know, th this is when I was in like high school and everything, because he's been doing that show for a very long time. And like he talked about, it's like, I don't care about and I still I'm the I'm very much the the same way. It's like I don't care so much about the audio side of things. That's what that's what Joel is here for for me. Uh Joel cares about that stuff it's like i just like doing the shows and everything so it's very funny to me that like that's how you guys linked up with that and that you just started talking about that because i know brian takes that very serious and i've never had a conversation with brian this is just what i know based on the shows i've listened to over the years so that's very funny that that's how you guys uh really got started talking about things because i know he takes that very serious yeah he was very impressed by my console that i have here and i was using a, a, a i'm gonna get geeky a neumann tlm 103 same same mic as him so we were just we got really into that groove of talking about technology with with radio and uh broadcasting equipment and it was just that's all we spoke about we never spoke about wrestling ever like there was never one moment until i started working with them you know that's when we started talking wrestling same thing with stevie richards stevie and i did a tech podcast together and I, his co-host and I are best, best friends now because we we never, I still to this day, I never talk wrestling with Stevie. It is a rarity. It's always computers or laptops or something like that. Um, it just, wrestling was always around me. And I finally was like, hey, uh, let's do it. You know, let's do something with wrestling. Are you behind Stevie Richards' YouTube channel? Because him, Maven, and Fuego now have like the YouTube game on lock uh, and it's dude upsetting. he's killing it yeah stevie's yeah. killing it i i love it you know uh, you know I'll use his shoot name michael uh he he really he actually for wrestling he's one of the first people that smartened me up to things you know like just like little stuff here and there and i always appreciate it but he was always great to me and we you know we helped each other out with tech, you know the podcasting stuff it's just interesting relationships you make with people what do you find the kind of biggest differences between doing Matt Men and doing Wrestling Observer Live? Uh, Matt Men is really inappropriate sometimes. <laughs> uh, we we really push the boundaries. 
you know, we it's I always look at it as it's two guys at a bar talking about wrestling and they're around their friends. That's how I see it. We're going to we're going to have off collar jokes. It's fine. It's what the tone is. If this is the show that we do, we're not we're not, you know, hurting anybody. We're not, you know, uh, going too beyond. But it's a fun show. It's a wacky morning show. That's how I see it. Uh, Observer Live is really straightforward. Uh, that's a very no nonsense audience. They want to know my thoughts on wrestling. They want to know the news. They want to know the scoops. Um, so I, I really, I separate the two totally. I, I see it as two totally different types of presentations. Um, being so into technology, is there like any type of technology that you would want to see implemented more like into wrestling, whether it's like the production or like even into like podcasting or like live streaming that you like maybe think about often or think is maybe like underutilized, or maybe something you might be seeing like might be maybe in the future that might be like cool like to like implement it into wrestling. Man, I I really want uh WWE to run the sphere in Vegas. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I drove presentation. Past that like a year ago. Yeah, like, that that's cool. It, it is stunning. It is a stunning stunning building. Uh I'm I'm hoping to get in there probably within the next couple months to see you maybe you two or something whatever they're doing, but I I want to see something different like that. Um I, I'd like to see wrestling shot a little bit different uh, rather than the traditional, you know, you got the hard shot and you got the you got you got the four cameras or three cameras, whatever you're doing. Um, I, you know, I think technology hasn't caught up. Wrestling hasn't caught up to technology or technology hasn't caught up to wrestling. Uh, you know, we're talking about streaming rights and things like that for uh, WWE. If they're going to be on Amazon or they're going to stream raw. It's not there yet, but I want to see more accessibility digitally rather than having to be locked down to a, you know, a provider. But they are doing some cool stuff. WWE is doing some really cool stuff with their graphics. They're they're really far ahead. AEW, um, I wish they did better lighting. I, I miss them lighting the crowd with the spotlights, like the purple lights and the blue lights that they were doing. Now it's more like a like an arena shot. Um you know, I, I, I send production notes to some people in AEW. I don't hear back ever because they probably get annoyed with me. So, you know, it's just little things like that. Nice. I the, like that. The drone shot that WWE did for Puerto Rico. Very like, cool. I, yeah. I would like to see that a little bit more. And that's something that they can clearly do. Um, I don't know if they're going to ever do something like that again. But something like that would be yeah. would be really fun if they would break that out a little bit more they need more of the big roman reigns big dog uh ar nonsense that they have going on as well, well. They, remember they were trying to do a uh, an augmented reality thing with the headsets and it was terrible yeah you know i think everybody yeah. at one point was fantasizing on how to how to monetize that augmented reality and virtual reality thing where you put on a headset, you pay them in your front row at the show. Yeah. Right. And it just, it's failed. It doesn't, I think the problem is putting that thing on for four and a half hours and, <laughs> and your eyes kind of get one, you know, one's looking left and the other one's looking down at by the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. You're, I think you're totally right about that. I, and I think also like, this is going to, this is a rabbit hole. We don't need to go down, but I think like, like the augmented reality, there's so much they can do with that in wrestling if they wanted to like do like hologram matches and stuff like you can put so much stuff together like the fans i think would want to see like that you have like all these dream matches like in the video games but you but it would look like real matches like there's just so much in the future Dude, we're not getting a dream match we're not getting a dream <laughs> match we're gonna get we're gonna get 
Hogan and Andre over and over again. Yeah. That's all we're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Fair, fair, fair. Another kind of this is kind of a random question. Now that I know that you're um so into bodybuilding, is there any um any bodybuilder that like you wish would have gotten into wrestling or become like a bigger wrestling star like from that world that you think like could have translated over? You know, for for Regno, for Rigno could have done it. Uh, you know, I think they wanted to do something with the when they did the uh, the World Bodybuilding Federation. I know that they were. Do you know the whole story with him where he was supposed to be like the main guy there? And yeah. they started doing steroid. They were he got afraid of the steroid testing, so he backed out. This is for like McMahon's, yeah, uh, McMahon's bodybuilding. Yeah, no, I didn't know that. So Ferrigno is supposed. I know, I know Lex Luger was supposed to be a part of that. Lex but... was supposed to be part of it. Yeah, Ferrigno was originally supposed to be part of it also, and he pulled out because he got freaked out that he may get popped for whatever. Wow, and it would have ruined his career. Um, you know, Ferrigno was always one. Arnold was another one, dude. Like Arnold could have been that guy. Dude, I think if times were different, he would have been like if it was the times we have now, where celebrities like like Logan Paul and Bad Bunny and stuff like get involved as like to like the degree that they do nowadays as celebrities on the show. Because like Arnold loved wrestling, like he or lo loves wrestling, I should say. Like he'd been a part of shows and stuff. Um, I always thought like someone like Kai Green would have been like really interesting to see in pro wrestling. Someone that's just massive, who's like an artist who does street performances and stuff. I think he would have translated really well. Uh, what is uh, Gary Stridham, right? Wasn't that Vince's guy? Gary Stridham. Wow. Look at the striations. <laughs> that's, that's, oh, man, that's great. I, you guys have lost me on the bodybuilding talk. All right. You, I'm, I'm out of my, my element. I, I don't know a ton about it, but I've seen some pretty good documentaries on some of these guys. They're, a lot of these guys are they're really fascinating. Like, Pump and iron. My father, what my father would, uh, my father was a big time bodybuilder. I mean, he, my father's my size, but at, at his peak, he was probably like two twenty five, like cut, like crazy, crazy jacked. And we would watch Pump and Iron all the time. And he had Arnold's books. He would, he had such a dedicated diet for all the. I mean, he's he's seventy years old, but he's he's like still jacked for like a seventy year old. <laughs> but you know, he's like he's shrinking. He's becoming an old man. Uh, but to me, it was such a big part of it, you know, like Frank Zane and, and how ridiculous he was for his size. He was five foot nine. He was a uh, huge uh, Franco Colombo. He was five foot five. And this guy was Arnold's best friend, totally jacked up, you know, different era, different time. Like these guys were 1970s, 1980s. I, I got out of the bodybuilding stuff when everybody started looking like like a jacked up cow, you know? Sure. The, the steroids yeah. got way. The anabolics got too out of control. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's unfortunate because a lot of those guys like health problems later on and stuff, which, yeah. you, know, you know, it is, it is what it is. The, the price, I guess a lot of those guys pay to look like that for a little while, but it, it, some of those guys, I mean, just they, anyway, that's a whole other rabbit hole. That, it, it's, 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 it's fascinating that a human being can get as large as those people get. Like, it doesn't even seem real. It's wild. It's wild. Um, and I understand that Vince, like that was always Vince's thing. Like if he could get that, that was like the dream was get a whole roster of those. Um, but then there's a lot of problems that come along with that too. Yeah. Um, but uh, anyway, Gary, what's, what's your next question? I was going to say, do you send production notes to the impact people? Because Joel is always uh, railing against impact. <laughs> no, I generally do WWE and AEW. I don't, I don't ever hear back from them though. Hey, I'm excited because impact supposed to be up in their production. Pretty big. It sounds like, so we'll see, see what that all looks like. TNA. 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 Any, any, we're any, and what were your thoughts on the return of TNA? Um, you know, I think we, we were talking about it on the show on, on, in the weeds. I, I think it's great. You know, I, enough, enough time has passed that the WCW stink is off of it at this point. 
I always felt that that was the big problem with it. I mean, obviously, listen, bad booking, bad decision making, sure. But the time, 2002, was not a great time for, you know, uh, impactful, lack of a better term, uh, creative, you know. So I, I think a lot of that has changed. The, people now remember the good of Impact and TNA. You know, a lot of the bad is not really uh, highlighted. You know, when you think of, when I think of TNA, I'm thinking about AJ Styles, Chris Daniels, Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle, uh, that tremendous run he had there. You know, that, that, that later Impact stuff. I don't really think about it as much anymore because I think enough time has passed where you don't think about the bad, you think about the positive. Same thing with WCW. When people talk about WCW now, they talk about 96, 97, 98. Right. You know, because that's what you want to watch. That's what you watch on repeat. You don't watch the old stuff on repeat. You you watch the good stuff. So I think enough time has gone where people have reconditioned their mind as to what the brand means. So I think it's a positive, you know, and, and who was it? Um, who did the interview? They said, like, we go wherever we go. People are chanting TNA, so might as well. Oh, Scott Damore, right? Damore, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that makes the most sense. If people are chanting something, why wouldn't you change your name to that? I mean, a lot of us have accidentally been calling it TNA, like, on and off this entire time. I anyway, never stopped. Yeah. yeah. So, I think, yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, my, my biggest thing was always I hated that it's Impact Wrestling. Impact is also the TV show, so I get very confused. So, I like it's TNA Wrestling Impact. I much, yeah. much prefer you know what it's that. almost like, dude? You know when like your mom's like, what are you watching? WWE? What are you watching? WWF? <laughs> oh, That's right. what it is. Like they yes. just named the show WWF. Yeah. Yes. It, it, always confusing when I have to write it. So I'm very happy for this change. I'm going to throw it and tie it to your, your shirt now uh, in Monday Night Wars. Did you have a favorite NWO member? Oh, it has to be X-Pac, right? Has to be, has to it be doesn't X-Pac. have to be X-Pac. No, no, no. I'm, I'm it dressed could as, be. Uh, my favorite <laughs> NWO member? I, I, dude, Hogan was great. That he ridiculous, was. that ridiculous human being, <laughs> Heel Hogan, is even more ridiculous than the than the yellow banana that he was. Uh, it's it's, I I thought it was so cool. Like I remember doing the channel flipping 1996. Like Razor Ramon is on, and he's he's dressed up like he's a normal person and not you know, a Cuban drug dealer. <laughs> it's unbelievable, you know. Uh, how much how much of Hogan being cool was Voodoo Child though? Uh, I never saw him as cool. Later on, like now I see him as cool mm. because it's so ridiculous. He's doing this thing. Uh, the, the, the best Hogan not uncool moment is when he looks at the camera and he goes, Goldberg, I'm going to kick your butt. <laughs> and then he just walks off. You know, nothing was cool. Nothing he did was cool. But Voodoo Child added so much to it. Oh, that's still, I, I was listening to Nash's podcast. And when he's talking about like, you hear cult of personality, you think CM Punk, you hear voodoo child, like you hear yeah. Hogan, like there's a car commercial that plays voodoo child. And I'm always like, where's, where's Hulk are we watching? Do you do, you do uh, the new, 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 new world order in your head? Every time you hear <laughs> sometimes it? Oh, that song is ruined because of that. Yeah. It, it Well, look, man, voodoo child still, still an all time, an all time great song. Not, you, you know, take it away from wrestling. It's just, it's just an all time great song. Slaps. It does. Yeah. It absolutely does. Yeah, now I'm thinking about WCW. Those were great times. I loved WCW. One of my favorite uh, Hogan moments was actually him losing to Lex Luger on Nitro when he lost the title and like was like 97 on Nitro. Yeah, and that crowd yeah. reacted in such an insane oh, way. That was so great. I still remember watching that. I was in, my, in elementary school at the time. That was awesome. Who were some of your favorite, like, I don't know if you like to show bias or not like currently, but like who are some of your, like, your favorite wrestlers like right now that you're seeing? Uh, Danielson. Uh he's 
probably my favorite style. Uh, Kenny, you know, if we're talking AEW, Andrade, I love. Um, I'm I'm a huge Danhausen fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the macabre. So I actually have my Danhausen figure there. Uh, WWE wise, I mean, there's so many on that side. Seth is doing fantastic stuff. Uh, LA Knight is doing fantastic stuff. Roman is probably going to go down the next 20 years as probably the greatest wrestler they've ever had. Uh, there's so much good talent out there and everybody's so different now. You know, you're not just the guy in your underwear going out there, having a five minute match and then leaving, you know, there's so much more character development, which I absolutely love. It's it's such a huge part of it now where you develop the character, you develop what you're going to do, uh, your whole look. It's, it's, it's not as simple as it used to be. Yeah. Now you, I'm sorry, Jeremy, just one second. I see you open your mouth there. You, you strangely omitted um, the American Nightmare Cody Rhodes from your list. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, Cody's great. Cody's great. Cody's great. Nothing no, against Cody. No, I mean, he's great. No, no, I, no, I, 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 my, my next question, do you, what do you think the, if you had to call it right now, what's the WrestleMania 40 main event and who walks out of that thing with the, like with the main championship, the, the undisputed championship? I, I want to say Rock uh, Roman. That should be the main event. Uh, I don't know if that's going to happen, but yeah. why are you laughing, Jeremy? Is there, Jensen, is there... Jensen's just, the biggest I, Cody fan. Just, are you? Is, oh, yeah. I thought, you know, my kids yeah. met Cody and they, my, my kids have become such Cody fans. Uh, we did the VIP meet and greet for them at the garden and they had no idea. And all of a sudden Cody comes in like, and he's like, Hey guys, what's going on? And they, they died. My son tells everybody I met Cody. I met Cody. Nobody believes them. He has to show a picture for like at a family event. Uh, to- what a pro! Like great. It's rare. Those guys are really rare in any business, in, in basket, in any sport. You know, like he is so committed to the crowd, to the audience, to the fans, which really goes a long way. I, I want to see him win the title. Of course, we want every everybody wants to see him do that. You know, it's Dusty's unwritten, unfinished story. They've told it a thousand times. He cries every week on TV. I want to stop crying. <laughs> yes, yes, I'm with you. See, that's, and that's why I asked you the question is because that's kind of going to be the big thing between now and WrestleMania is like, is The Rock going to be involved? And if he is, of course, he's going to get the match with Roman. You've got to do that if it's available for so many reasons. But as a Cody fan, I'm sitting here after last year. I'm like, okay, it's okay. I got one more year and he's going to, it's going to, just one more year. I got to get through and he's going to win it. And now it's like, well, maybe not if all this other stuff's going to happen. So, and then LA Knight, I mean, I, I get the guy's very, very popular right now. What would you say percentage wise would you give his chance of winning the championship? Zero. Okay. Zero. I like that answer. Yeah. I like that Listen, answer. I, I love him. I, I got to tell you, I, I like the Eli Drake character. I like that there's a touch of The Rock and there's a touch of Steve Austin. You know, it, 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 I, when I see him on TV, it, it, I connect to it because it's I'm so familiar with those characters, right? Sure. When I when I was at the garden in December, no, was it December? It was March. I forgot what it was. March. That crowd erupted for him. And it was all like eight-year-old to teenage boys. They went nuts. Oh, he was supposed to have the match with the fiend with, with Bray. And remember, mm-hmm. Bray wasn't there for that. Um and the crowd just erupted for him. I was like, oh, that's really interesting. That's the first time I heard that. Then I went to SmackDown at the Garden in July. And it was bigger than ever. So there's something there organically without him even being presented on TV. It's happening. 
Uh, do you put a world title on him? I don't know. Do you put a title on him? Yeah, I definitely think a U.S. title. Him and Logan Paul could have a great U.S. title match, and he gets that title, and he could become a long-term U.S. champion. You know, and that that's his that's his mark on that title. Are you excited for the L.A. Knight Logan Paul? Is that acceptable, Jensen? Yeah, I'd be fine. I'd, I'm totally okay. good with that. I, I actually love that. Are you not an yeah. LA Knight fan? <laughs> no. Um, no. Oh. What is, listen, listen. I'm not. It isn't that I. Um, I, I don't dislike him, like the human being behind LA Knight. I, I'm a bit confused by the popularity, but part of it is because I've watched him for so long as well, yeah. like through like Impact and NWA and everything. And it's like, after 20 years, this is this over now. Like it's been doing this this entire time. Um, but I, I do, I do give him a ton of credit though for like you can't knock somebody for getting the reactions he's getting right now. Like, yeah. and I, and I don't knock the WWE for going with that. Like I, I totally understand. And it's great for WWE to have more people at the top. They need that. It can't just be Roman, you know, like you got, you got to have more people up there. So I, I get it, but I like your predictions for, for Crown Jewel. So. I have a question for you, Zarian, cause yes. you are, I don't I'm know. I'm an open book. I don't, I don't know if I want to call you a scoopster. Do you do you take offense to that no, term? No, no, no. I am a little bit of a scoopster. Okay, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. I, but I have you. I don't know if there's like tiers or, or whatever. But, you know, like there's there's Dave, Sean, and yeah. kind of Mike Johnson are very much. Yeah. They know everything about everything. They're also very, not so much Mike, but, but Sean and Dave, certainly very online. You know a lot about a lot. And you're online, but you're not always engaging with yeah. a lot of this stuff. You're very smart in that, in that sense. Like, what just propels you to stay away from a lot of this nonsense and a lot of this discourse? Because, you know, the, the big thing is now you know, the collision ratings came out today. Oh, what it's was like, it? I didn't even see it today. I, I didn't see it either. I legitimately mm-hmm. don't. I think it was under 500,000. And of course, wow. everybody's like, oh, they gave away Omega and MJF and it's under 500,000. Like, this is the big like discourse thing. Okay. Why, why do you just have the smartness to just stay out of all of this as someone who break, like breaks news and knows again, is really, I don't want to use the term in the weeds, but is, is inside with a lot of this stuff. Um, so with the scoops, I'll say I, I sit on a ton. Uh, I don't generally my, my, I think it's pretty public, right? I, I talk to a lot of talent, but I don't necessarily, go based on the talent's information for anything. I don't have that deep relationship that Sean does. Sean has a deep relationship with a lot of talent. Same thing with Dave. You know, this is what they do. They're journalists, and they're the best at what they're doing. Mike Johnson, too. You know, I would put those three are probably... You know, Wade Keller, too. He breaks some stories, Uh, too. I'm not knocking anybody. If I'm omitting somebody, I don't... I'm one of these people. I don't knock anybody that does this. Um, I... I don't make a living with wrestling, so I have no, uh, I have no no fight in me for this. Like I don't, I have no reason to engage with the negativity. I also have a real busy, really busy, real job. Not that this is not a for me. It's not a real job because I don't I don't monetize this as as I should. But I I just I have no time to argue with anybody. Like. What are we arguing over? It's wrestling. It's a TV show. It's it's make believe. Uh, I know it's passion and people are into it. So am I. I'm really passionate, but I'm passionate to the positives, not the negatives. I have enough negative around me in my real life with my real job that I have to deal with. I do this for therapy. I do this because it's exciting for me. I enjoy doing it. Um, I don't. I don't. I have rules that I've set. I won't ruin somebody's career. 
I don't talk about health. I don't talk about uh, tragedy. Uh, you know, Bray Wyatt comes to mind. You know, uh, not not my. This isn't for me to do. Uh, if you cover professional wrestling as your career, and it's a very difficult thing to do to even go near this conversation, and you have to because it's your job, and your job is sometimes difficult. It's not my job, and I don't want it to be difficult. Um, you know, I, 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 I decide what I'm going to talk about. If it's going to hurt anybody, like you know, Tony has a Tony has a contract coming up, right? WWE has a contract coming up. I hear a lot of the chatter about this. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad, but I'm not I don't it's not my job to go and report the bad. I want to report positivity. I want to report something that I want to engage with. If it's a negative thing, I don't want to engage with it. I got burned a couple times. I got to tell you. Uh and that was enough of a lesson early on for me to not do it. Uh I got burnt by some criticism about Tony that I that I thought I did a good job with reporting it, that I was I was being clear that this wasn't my opinion, but people are idiots on the internet and they like to put your voice because you're reporting it. So you're automatically the villain here because you're always going to be the bad guy. Either you like something or you don't. Uh, so I, I learned from them. I also have zero interest in engaging in an argument with anybody on the internet. It, it, it means it is the worst thing to do. It's toxic. You fall down a vortex then you end up responding to everybody. Uh, I got I got the negativity. People uh, message me like, how come you're reporting this, but you don't report this side? And my answer is because I didn't feel like reporting the other thing. Because I don't report. That's not my job. Uh, yeah. I'm sitting on something pretty interesting right now that I'm not going to talk about. I'll tell oh, you that. DM See, and I do that, scoop. and that upsets people. And that upsets people. <laughs> DM that upsets me the a scoop lot of people. So I can pre write the story, Zarian. <laughs> Just send all this stuff to me. Well, I don't care it, if anybody else gets is it. Is it like the time I, I gave the ratings for that collision? That and, was hilarious. And I got a wait, message from somebody. Wait, what? You got it. Oh, wait. I don't know if you. Tell that no, no, no. I well, I don't. I, I'll I let Zaria tell that, yeah, that side of it. But yeah, I I was on I was on with Jeremy and Joel, and I was like I was like, oh, you guys want the collision numbers? The like the, it was an early number. It wasn't it wasn't a fast fast national, but it was like a preliminary number. And I said the number. I forgot what it was. It was like eight hundred thousand or whatever it was, right? And I got a message from somebody. They're like, hey, the Warner office is closed. I don't want to listen to some podcast to get this. Can you just give me the number? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zarian was on our show. And he's like, "You want this?" And he gave it. And then, yeah, well, look, our show does what it does. And I was like, "Well, I know how I can boost our show because Zarian gave this." And so I posted this on Twitter. Good for you. Yeah, and then it went. Yeah, and then like Reddit, you know, picked it up, of course. And it's like Andrew Zarian was on this show. I was like, you know what? I'm gonna. Hey, if you're gonna come on, you're gonna give us a scoop on our show. I'm gonna try to get what we can. No, like I, 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 I give stuff all the time. Like, I don't, it, sometimes, you know, if I'm doing Mat Men, right? And if it's a serious thing and like Rich hates numbers, Rich doesn't want to talk about ratings and I get it. That's not our show. So I'm, I, I call in on Thursday, you know, I get on the, the bat line and I get on uh, in the weeds and I'm like, hey, you want this? And then it becomes a conversation somewhere else. I, I'm big into sharing. I talk to Sean, you know, I'll, 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 I'll go back and forth trying to confirm stuff. Uh, Nick Houseman. I go back. I was just talking to him about something. Dave, Brian, you know, we I, I like to help everybody with this. If I have something that, you know, I'm not doing it for clout. I don't need one hundred and fifty thousand followers on Twitter. Uh, I kind of like having my little bubble of people. And, and that's how I do it. it it's fun for me.
Yeah, I'll, that's, I'll, I'll that's super relatable, by the way. Like, I think I try to keep that same mindset myself. Like, I don't like I don't engage with the like. There's no point in arguing with people over the internet, especially because it's like no one's going to wind up winning, and everyone just winds up yelling over each other, and like nothing ever gets accomplished. And the other thing is, you know, we don't really know each other on the internet. Like right. these people that want to like tell me, you know, f off. They don't know who I am. They don't know how I am. Uh, they're going based on a tweet they may, or maybe something I said on the show. They're taking a 30-second clip of something and deciding that my whole character is built on that. I, I'm not going to, you know, I have enough sense in me to not waste two hours arguing with some idiot that doesn't like my take on AEW or WWE. I mean, I, I get what what was so eye-opening was when I started reporting positive stuff for WWE, I got, oh, yeah, uh, Observer guys, you know, all those guys. Andrew's a WWE shill. Right. I watched, right, if, I was gonna, if I was going to say one product that I watched the least, it's WWE at this point. It's right. not, you know, it's more cartoonish. Uh, I like the good stuff for sure. I watch it with my kids, and that's probably the main reason why I continue watching it or I go to shows, but it's not necessarily the wrestling that I that I like. I could... I could watch New Japan all freaking day long. I could watch Impact. I could watch, you know, uh, I'm a big house show guy. I like going to house shows. I could talk about house shows. I'm not a big Raw guy, but I'm not going to crap on it because it's not my my preferred show. I'm able to separate myself from my own opinion of the product and talk about it because people still want me to talk about it. I find I find the internet discourse so interesting with this because it doesn't really exist anywhere else. Like, uh, NCIS and Criminal Minds, right? right like, sure. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm adding. No, I know exactly genre. what you're. I get it. Sure. You don't have like, oh, f f Criminal Minds or or like Law and Order. Like, oh, Mariska Hargitay sucks now in season twenty. <laughs> I wish they brought so and so back, but that's why I watched this one. That doesn't happen on anything. Well, did they not like debate like seasons of like, oh, this show fell off a cliff after? Sure, this yeah, they, sure, but they're not comparing it to like another show, right? You know, right? Uh, it's interesting. I, I find it all fascinating. Uh, you know, maybe that was not the best analogy, but well, I, I'm on I'm on NBA Twitter. Uh, are, okay, and how does that yeah. work? Uh, everybody sucks basically. Like yeah. everybody, every your the your player on your team sucks. Even if you're a fan of that team, they still suck. But no, basketball is obviously much different than wrestling because wrestling it's, the the numbers people yeah. yeah people want to use are you know star ratings yeah. or ratings or, or whatever. Basketball you have like points and averages and all this stuff to say hey this guy's good this guy's kind of bad. But I do think basketball Twitter will lean a little bit kind of negative, but it leans negative in like a jokey way. The jokes fly. But there's also NBA something Twitter. on the line with basketball because it's real. Yeah. You know, there, there's championships, there's money, there's gambling, which drives most of the, the discourse now. Yeah. You yeah. know, uh, it's, a, it's a very, I, I, I think what happened with wrestling and the discourse around wrestling is that the forums never died down. Those conversations that would happen on the forums uh, just got even more uh, amplified with Twitter. And before you would have, you know, the same exact conversations happening about WCW and WWE, uh, WCW, yeah, WCW and WWF uh, on, on a message board. And now it's a 140, 240 character tweet and you're no longer in 
you know, a, a couple hundred people having a discussion. It's now tens of thousands of people having the same discussion. And most people are idiots. And that's the reality. Yeah. And it is and it is much yeah. more accessible because like we I don't I don't know about you guys, uh, but like I was on the message boards back in the days and like like if you told your friends yeah i'm on a wrestling message board it's like oh well you're a dork like just please stop talking to me now it's like if you're on twitter okay well everybody's on twitter dude so, i had an e-fed sure. i had an e-fed hell yeah same yeah, yeah. Dude, dice yeah. fed if you if you weren't doing the dice fed don't talk to me dice I had fed an e -fed. yeah i and i was on the wrestle zone forums i was on uh what was the other big one there's uh, one on IGN I remember back in the day. I never did the IGN one for Russell. The NoDQ one was always big. Uh, the NoDQ no one was big for a while. And they, yeah. they, were, they were some of the first, like, Jeff Meacham and those guys were, like, doing, like, video Q&As back before, like, a lot of people were really, like, doing anything like that on the internet. But I used to get, I used to get issues of The Observer on news groups. That was my first, I had to, this had to have been, like, 95, 94. Man. I was a kid. I mean, I was 10 uh, and I had an older cousin and he was really into the observer and he showed me how to like get on a news group for wrestling and I would get like all like the and it was so wild. Like, you know, you're reading about this stuff like, oh, this incident happened. And you're like, why? Why is that happening? I thought they the good guys all get along. You know, it was like one of those. Uh, it yeah. was interesting times, but it, it's it just it just gotten amplified now. I I. I don't like to poo-poo on what people like. And I sit, tell people that. I'm like, okay, so what's your issue with me enjoying what I like? Tell me what yeah. your issue is with that. And there's no answer to that. Yeah, My I just favorite. see it as a threat for some reason, which is weird. Like, it shouldn't be. My, my thing is, like, been about that all day, just this topic on, like, wrestling fans fighting each other. When at the end of the day, like, we should all be each other's, like, really best friends because at the end of the day, like, well, wrestling fans, we're already like niche enough as it is, like in our own little bubble. Like the fact that we're fighting each other yeah. over company stuff, it's very weird. But I think that I think that wrestling, because it's quote unquote fake and predetermined, everyone gets these things in their head as fans of like their favorite wrestlers who they want to see getting pushed, their best ideas for storylines and all this stuff. And like when it doesn't turn out the way that they have it in their head, and then like their favorite wrestler goes to the company they don't like, or this or that happens, it just and now they're all congregated in one spot on Twitter before it was all spread out over these different message boards that were also incredibly niche. Yeah. So like, I think, I think it's a combination of all of that. I think you're totally right of, about the message board kind of fighting everyone mentality, just all kind of coming together on Twitter as it is you know, today, unfortunately. Yeah. I, I, I don't get the um, journalists, right? People who cover wrestling media, like every, like people within wrestling media arguing with each other. I don't get that at all. Um, I, the way that I see it is that if I think you're a dirtbag, which there are tons of those, if I think you're you're just a crappy person, I have I don't I'm not going to engage with you because I don't do that regularly. Right. If I think if I think you're a crap human being, I don't sit there and ha try to have a conversation with you. I just you don't exist in my universe. Uh, I think if we yes. started looking at things a little bit that way, uh, it would it would kind of uh, eliminate a lot of the heartache that some people have. I want all wrestling journalists to just feed me stories so I can just write the story, so I can pre-write everything. <laughs> I don't care about leaking any of this stuff. I just want to be ahead when it comes to Well, you to might be disappointed with Tony's game. announcement tomorrow, okay? Oh, okay. Well, g give me this, Zarian. Tell me off I, air. I, 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 I'll tell you off air. Because okay. yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not this actually, I think by the time this airs, it'll, it'll yeah, be, nobody's gonna see it. yeah, it'll okay. be the morning after, so. 
I've held on. Is it really? Yeah, yeah, this, okay, yeah, so this, let's this, do this. Three, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do my best Karnak. Okay. 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 I'm gonna do my Carson. I'm dating myself now. Um, <laughs> I will say this is this quite possibly have to has to do with Toys for Tots, but I oh. could be a hundred percent wrong here, and I kind of want to see if I'm wrong. Didn't they make that announcement? Did though? they? I yeah, I thought that was one. That was the the big thing before they did a Toys for Tots thing. Okay, so I'm I'm like three days behind then. Um. Maybe it's about Wembley. Yeah, it was AW to donate over one million in Toys for Tots. This was October tenth. That was okay. that was the, one of the big um, announcements. Uh, it could be something with Wembley. Okay, I mean they've announced the return to Wembley. So. Or maybe they're announcing that Flair signed a contract. I don't know. Oh boy, that Ooh. would be something. <laughs> it could be either either one of those. That would be Let's that see. would be something. I mean, he said he's going to be there till March anyway, so. Like we'll see in, in people and in listening to this now, the announcement has happened by the time everyone. The announcement has happened, and I have no idea yeah. what it is. <laughs> uh, uh, just imagine it's else? the Max deal. They finally announce it. They yeah, they finally announced the be, Max deal. That is been, nice. you know. Tony, it's an important announcement. You know, you got to distinguish these things. There's huge. There's big. There's great. Uh, there's important, which is this yeah. one. So you never know what it's. Well, the only it. reason why I'm seeing Toys for Tots, he brought up the holiday season in his tweet. Yeah, yeah, he did bring that up. And I know that there was a conversation recently about that, about doing something. And it might be, it might just be to piggyback off of that. Maybe. Of, more toys for tots stuff so it could just be another variation of yeah. that which is going to leave a lot of people disappointed which you know is gonna how how things go when it comes to this stuff when you're going to hype important announcement big announcement people go crazy with their ideas you know we saw it with tony khan as a gift for sting and people have all this speculation and then it's rick flair and it's like oh i don't know about this gift what, what are we doing here tony yeah i you know i Flair's flair. Uh, I I hope he doesn't wrestle. <sighs> yeah, I I think he really I think he wants might. to. I think, I think he, he might. Really wants to. I think. He I, might. I mean, you know what though? I have to tell you, I watched that first that 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 match that he had. Like the first time I watched, it, I'm like, I'm never watching this again. And then my father wanted to see it, so I put it on, and I was like, hey, you know what? It wasn't as bad as I thought it was. Like as far as like. My concern for Rick, not not as not not match because obviously you know he didn't really do much, but maybe he wants to do it again. But he had that bad ankle injury; he could barely walk that day. I yeah. I keep saying Sting's final match could very well be him and Darby against Flair and Andrade. I keep saying that. I'm into that. I'm okay with that. It. That's fine. I'm okay with that too. If it's gonna be anything, I'm okay with that. I don't think it's gonna be a singles match. I don't think you can run those guys in 2024. No. In a singles match, just people can player one on one. Yeah, I mean, we saw that yeah, in 2001 so. yeah, where they're both nature. wearing shirts, and everybody's like, "Ooh, this is bad." You're talking two decades later to yeah. try to run that? No. So yeah. I think it'll be a tag match if yeah. they do it. I don't know if they will. So. Listen, you know what though? If 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 he lays on the apron and he gets the hot tag and he comes in and does his thing and a couple chops and a couple woos and maybe he takes one terrible looking backdrop, uh, I think people will be happy when they go home. You know, if it's doing the more, that's the problem. I think yeah. him being on TV, which he says he's going to be through March, is uh, <laughs> not the best television. Well, Tony's doing his best of, best of impact, I guess, right? <laughs> <laughs> right. Garrett Kidney has the clips lined up, ready to go. Very yeah. excited. <laughs> um, 
I um I got one last question, and I know Jeremy. We always ask uh, one final question. Jeremy will ask you. Um, I know you mentioned. Um, once again, this is also very relatable for myself. Like, I really like that you um like what what you're doing in the space for like wrestling and and like the way that you're not trying to be like a journalist who's breaking news. You're you're, you're watching what you like. You're reporting what you like. You're trying to put out positivity, and you're not like. You know, you're not trying to, to is this is about clout. And I, I like that a lot. I like that mindset a lot. Um, what are your like do you have any like other goals like in wrestling media? Like, or would you say like what you're doing right now is kind of perfect for you? Cause like you got shows on platforms you like, you got, you know, your audience, you get to do what you want to do, and you aren't forced to really watch or report on anything you don't want to. Yeah, I I, I will say I am I am extremely, extremely lucky and blessed to have the career that I have outside of wrestling. Um, it, it's, it's allowed me to provide my kids an, a, a life that I didn't have, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, I, I don't know if I want to do more in wrestling. Uh, I, I, I tend to ruin the things that I love by making it a job. Yeah. This has been a, a habitual problem of mine where I'll get hyper-focused in and hyper-obsessed over something that I really love, and then I end up hating it because it's become such a, a tormented uh, job for me. So I don't want that to ever happen with wrestling. Uh, I did that with technology. Now I, I'm like a caveman. I don't want any technology. I don't want a phone. I don't answer my phone. I sometimes don't even go. I, I leave the house without one. I, I want to be disconnected. So... I don't want to ruin wrestling, but if an, if a great opportunity comes, I have a very unique job. Uh, Jeremy knows a little bit about it. What I do here in New York, I work with a lot of nightlife and hospitality, and I and I I I have a very unique positioning as someone that that, that gets it, and I'm able to fix problems, like fix uh, you know, not so much PR, but I'm I'm more of like a one man shop for a lot of this stuff, and I built a lot of good connections and great relationships, and it also allows me to have access to things that I'm able to report in wrestling because I, I, I meet a lot of very unique people. So I don't ever want to change it, but if an opportunity came, you know, and someone's throwing a bag of money at me, if Tony's like, hey, Andrew, you know, or, or, or whoever at WWE that's running it now, if Nick is like, you know, I had a great conversation about Nick. Nick's family left Iran the same time my family left. And we had a great conversation about escaping the hellhole it was after the revolution. My family left. So, I, you know, maybe maybe it tickled him a little bit. And he liked to, you know, talk about that. Um, I don't I, and I'm also not I, I can't do the corporate life anymore. Like I have tremendous flexibility. If somebody wants to hire me to maybe work two to three days a week and pay me a ton of money, I'll do it. <laughs> But outside of that, there's that no is way. the life. Yeah, I just, like that. Pay me a bunch of money to work two to three days a week, dude. For I'm sure. not. I'm not driving to Connecticut and working till nine o'clock at night. I, I'm not. You know, I don't want to fly to TVs. I, a lot of our friends do it. You know, Will, a, a friend of ours, he he got that dream job and he loves it. You know, and this is something that he worked hard at, and he is cut out for that. He's made that way to be able to do that. Not my thing. I I, I like to pop in and out of things. Um, so if I could do anything in wrestling, I would consult, you know, not, not booking. I'm not going to sit there and book your TV, but I'll consult with your, you know, presentation and how to, how to grow digitally or grow, you know, uh, attendance wise and things like that. I, I that that's where my, 
that's really where my strength is, is with the marketing and the PR and the those kind of aspects. It's not so much sitting there and booking a TV show, which, uh, you know, it's fun until you do it. Right. It, Zarian, last one that we ask yes, everybody, uh, the coolest thing in your room. In this room? Oh, this man. This room? Any um, room? I guess you guys want to see my geeky stamp collection? Sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I don't know. I got a lot of knickknacks here. Let me see. The coolest thing in my you room. You do have a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, I, I can't tell what half of it is. It, 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 it's, it's like an it's all AI. It's nondescript. <laughs> it just, when you zoom in, it blurs. Um, you know what? I'll show you this. So Rich drew this for me uh, for my 30th birthday. <laughs> and on the back, he wrote, hey, man, have yourself a big, sexy birthday. Love, Rich. <laughs> I love that. This is my 30th birthday. That's so I, I always thought that this was cool. I got a lot of cool knickknacks. I, I love all my comic books. Um, I have an award from the Follicular Unit Extraction Conference, a hair transplant conference. What I got, I got a rec, I got like an award for being part of like faculty in the industry, which is like a bizarre thing. I'm in the hair business too. I don't know if you know that. No, I didn't. I mean, it makes sense. You got some great hair. I actually going to need some help soon. I'm starting to lose my hair. Listen, in the back I'm going to tell you, Finastri, go on Propecia. It's changed my life. It saved my hair. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'm going to need you to DM me exactly. Yeah, what you uh, just uh, said. yeah. Yeah, I'll, okay, I'll DM you. me whatever you need. Uh, I'll help you. Uh, you know what? I'll tell you what the coolest thing in my in my office is. Here we go. I got a painting of myself that Damien Demento painted live on his stream. And he brought okay. it to my house. And we did an angle. I don't know if you've ever seen this. Where he beat me up. Okay. Does he, That's does awesome. he work stiff? Uh, really stiff, dude. <laughs> yeah. he, 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 he knocked me open hand. It was... It was just the wind. The wind knocked me. It was unbelievable. Uh, I, I would say that Damien Demento's painting of me uh, that I stare at is probably one of the coolest things I have in here. All right, take what, take a picture of that. You, you want me? To, uh, you know what? You know what? I'll take a picture and I'll and I'll show it to you right now on the air. Okay. Because it's okay, on perfect. my wall here. Hold on. Let's see if I can Love to see this. All right. Let's see. That's awesome. There you go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, the coolest thing in this office. It's like an album cover. That it it could be an album cover for you, Zarya. I also have like all these coins I found in my wall. Um, I found so we. I was renovating my my attic, and we we broke one of the walls down, and like just like a handful of coins fell. And this is a this is a is this a Morgan? I think it is a Morgan from 1795. I found this in my wall. Very cool. What do you Somebody have? Is it in a case? Is that what you I put doing? it? Yeah, I put it in a yeah. case. But I found like it was like a handful of coins. Just somebody hid whoever the first owner was, I guess, in 1901 that, that bought this house. They uh, they probably hid it and never remembered about, you know, where it was. They died and that was it. Now I inherited. <laughs> and Madonna used to live here. That's another cool thing. Madonna used to live in my house. Okay. Was Rodman right. over there at that time? Dennis was not. No, this is pre, oh. pre Madonna. Madonna's manager, this woman named Camille Barbone used to rent my house. This is mid-70s, maybe, before Madonna was Madonna. And she had, like, 80 musicians living in this house. It was a hellhole. And Madonna <laughs> was one of the musicians that lived in this house. Oh, I can't imagine the stories those walls could tell. Oh, I will tell you, I will tell you off the air a, a heinous, heinous story about when... Um, I'll, I'll tell you off the air that I, that I okay. was told about this house. So I'll... 
Yeah. I'll leave uh, a, it, that's my scoop to Jeremy. <laughs> you want to go to TMZ yeah. with it? <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Zane, let everybody know where, where they can find you. I appreciate you joining us tonight. Dude, I, this was a blast. I'll do it anytime. Uh, Andrew Zarian on Twitter. Uh, that's where I live. Uh, you could catch me on Wrestling Observer Live every Sunday. Mattman Podcast every Friday. In the weeds. It's Three times a week, usually, twice yeah. a week. Whenever, whenever you know, I, I have a minute before I got to run to my train, I'll <laughs> pop in and say hello. Uh, and we're live, pal, with Garrett Gonzalez on Tuesdays on Observer. My favorite is when you pop on in the weeds, and sometimes we, we do the Zarian Zone with conspiracy theory, and you got to go in like five minutes, and then other times you just stick around for like half an hour. And we just I hope I don't. I, I hope I don't like derail your show when I call in. Zary, you 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 watch our show. It's never on the rails. Like <laughs> you would. We were talking about the NWA show doing Jack and Coke and PEDs and stuff on Monday. Like our Listen, show does not get on the rails. Don't knock to PEDs. be derailed. I'm gonna show you. I got mine here. All right. I got my TRT right there. Changed my life. <laughs> no, our, our show can't be derailed because, again, that, that implies that it's ever on the rails. So, yeah, <laughs> every, everyone follow, support Zarian. You will see him on whether th this channel or Overbooked on In the Weeds. He's always popping on everything. All the links are below. Thank you so much, Andrew Zarian. Dude, anytime. Anytime you guys want me. I absolutely love you guys. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm personally a fan of Fightful, uh, even though I am, I'm, an, I'm an observer. Uh, I, I like to say that I'm a part-time Fightful now with you guys. I'm a Fightful uh, overbooked occasionally. Yeah, um, it just You guys are doing great stuff, and, and Sean is the best in the business, really. He is. He. Yeah. I mean, I I put him over enough. I don't need to put him over anymore. Forget that guy. What's he ever, who's he ever beaten? Andrew Zarian, <laughs> thank you very much. We appreciate thank you. you. Thank, you. Thank, you. thank you, everybody. Guys, we'll be right back here on the Spotlight.